0: I am Clarice Phillips-Samuel, and welcome to 39 Dashes, the podcast where I traverse life in what would have been 39 or more dashes on Instagram stories. I once wrote about a love that I didn't want to talk about, so I left out most of the details. My counterparts were all submitting relationship-themed writings, and I wanted to know if I could take a stab at it as well. I thought leaving out the details would make it feel relatable, like Taylor Swift, Dermot Kennedy, or whoever is your favorite pop star. But honestly, I wasn't trying to be vague as much as there was some sadness in the details that I didn't want to sit in for too long, let alone write and rewrite and rewrite until publishing because remember, that's the poet's process. Unfortunately, that entry was not graded by one person, but by a room full of colleagues. So I got a lot of, what does this mean? I still don't get it. Huh? What is she talking about? I feel like she's talking about a funeral, a shocking death, young love, relationships. Maybe it's all of the above. And so I took their feedback and never resubmitted that poem. Honestly, I wasn't sure writing about love was the kind of poet I wanted to be anyway. The context here is I didn't date in high school or college. Our school and church community frowned on it and my Caribbean parents would have nothing to do with it. I can hear them now. Clarice, what stupidness you talking about, boyfriend? Girl, go pick up a book. I half thought men in high school were uninteresting, Men in college were uninterested, and by the time I was a young professional, they were unavailable. That is, they weren't any in my workplaces or in my field. One of my friends, Amanda, would ask every few months, okay, so who's in the pool? Like your dating pool. Based off of where you spend the most time? Okay, well, maybe you could add in the gym to your pool? No. No, girl, I'm not adding the gym to the pool. Between work, school, research, and publics, there was no one in my pool. And after confirming there was no one, she would urge me to get online and enlarge my pool. It sounded like a grand old version of Submittable. Again, you're submitting your best work to a few people and seeing everyone's requirements. Even if there's no fee at the journal, it's gonna cost you something. And I hate online dating. I joined for one day and I seen what I need to see. I know what you're thinking. I met my significant other on an app slash dating site. Listen, I am impressed. I really am, but I did not. To me, online dating is a dumpster fire and you people are dumpster divers. If you don't get burned, burned out, you may luck out and find a good find, but that doesn't change the fact that you knowingly dove into a dumpster. Maybe I'll drop an episode on my one day in the dumpster because even those seemingly short 24 hours were too long. But before the strangest rejection, my love life had consisted of loving one boy in high school, yes, the same time and place where we couldn't date, who ultimately told me he couldn't bring a black girl home him getting married to someone shortly after who wasn't like me in the slightest, and me swearing to God Almighty that I would never love anyone again. Oof, I think that rejection and jadedness helped me to see through a lot of problematic or non-compatible men. But eventually, I was 29, and I was ready to take back what I'd said. Like, God, maybe I lied, okay? Chill out. So one day, I'm 29. It's September 13th, 2020, after 10 p.m. And I get a call from one of my best friends. She says, "Clee, can I give your number to someone? No? Wes, thanks for asking, but don't give my number out. She explains how this guy was my age and single and getting professional photos taken. The photographer asked him about his love life and he let her know it's non-existent and that because of his work, he's not really dating like that. So the photographer shoots one of my best friends a message and says, Wes, Are any of your friends single? I'm trying to set this guy up. To which Wes sends photos of a few people who she knows are single. And homegirl included me in the mix. So when homeboy saw me and said, yeah, get me her number. Nobody was shook, but me. Cause I didn't know this man and I didn't know I was in the mix. Wes sent me photos, the ones he took with the photographer. And I literally said, he ain't ugly. She's like, he is really not ugly at all. So I asked, how tall is he? She said 5'9", and I returned her message with all of the crying, laughing emojis and said, I'd prefer six foot or taller, but I'd be down to hang out, you know, at least once. She said, listen, I think he's worth it. You be the judge. Okay, I agree. But don't give me his number. If he wants to hang out, he'll have to reach out. And as Wes continued to send me photos, I literally text her back, Stop sending photos of that man to my phone. He looks like a doctor. Oh, he is. He's an autopsy doctor. A medical examiner. September 14th, the day after, at 6 p.m., after hours of anticipation and wondering what he would even text like or be like or if he would chop my body up and leave me in the woods with no one suspecting a medical examiner, Wes texts me and says, Autopsy guy said he absolutely wants five foot even because he's insecure about his height. I said weird, but okay. But I wasn't okay. Maybe it's because I was about to be 30 or that I already felt like I had to pick my professional career while so many of my favorite people were getting to have both love and profession. And I knew that meant I wasn't going to have kids because everyone felt the need to tell me that they too could hear my biological clock. I wasn't okay because Long-term singleness becomes a communal problem, one that everyone feels the need to speak to. It is the glaring eyesore of a community that prompts an, oh no, one of us has not peered off, and if it doesn't happen here, we may lose them to other communities, (laughs) that is other churches or cities or orientations. Honestly, I think it's because I was rejected by someone whose acceptance or approval I never submitted myself to. It's like overhearing someone call you fat or scrawny or hairy or stupid. I've dismissed men based off of height before, but I've never made it the main reason and they've never heard it from my lips. Oof, the irony. I never thought at 5'7, when I was fully extending and opening myself to the world of relationships, that someone two and a half hours away, who I was willing to drive to, could make me feel unworthy of even conversation. I was really out here trying, even when people thought I wasn't, and getting rejected. But people get to reject you on any basis. Their criteria and value system is their business but man, can it make you feel like you don't want to talk, you don't want to write, you don't want to submit yourself work to anyone, and you don't want to tell people that you have been submitting your poems. Dating, or being open to dating, can feel like you're submitting your best work to the best places and still coming up short. The community of poets that I'm a part of Make a social post every month where everyone is prompted to leave a comment with the publication that recently rejected them. It's funny and sweet, and people highlight specific comments that stood out among the rejections. Being too tall feels like one of mine. This isn't Facebook, but wherever you are, can you consciously submit yours? Whether you're single or in a relationship, unsure about your professional or familial standing, no one knows rejection like a poet. And I love the context that you're finally writing in about this one. Until next time.